I don't know where all my time went I don't know how to define it So tell me how do I fight it When it feels so wrong It's on the tip of my tongue It's every line in this song The little things have been with me all along Last week we did this diaper review about the new ABU stuff, right? Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, and I, I made, if you, I don't know if you remember, I made a little a little song, a little ditty about it. No, I, I, I remember. Yeah, uh, yeah. so I did that, and uh, people people liked it. I also saw that. Yeah, there was a, a lot of messages, a lot of good positive response about my silly song. I feel like you're building to something. Yeah, so I, I did a thing, I did a thing, and I actually need your help. Is it? At what point do I decline? Is it now, or do I do I say no after I see what you're trying to kind of make me do? So you can you can you can say no after we do it. Oh, okay. How do I appeal that that timing? Well, that's of a the six, no- six to eight weeks uh, violent triplicate. So until then, let's. <laughs> okay. So so this is what I've been working on. This. Okay. Ready. Okay. This. No, no, yeah, no, so, I'm not. I'm no. not doing it. <laughs> the parts in green. No, I, I, I get it. Yeah, I understand that. I can tell from context. I'm not doing that. Yeah, no, we have to. Hey, that scroll bar goes really far down. Listen, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, Are you ready, Sophie? I I we don't know this. about this. Chloe, 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 Chloe. Look at me. Look at me. <laughs> we can do this. We got this. <laughs> Chloe, Chloe. Look at me. Look at me. We got this. <laughs> Start us off. I, okay. I, I guess. All right. Okay. Mm. This is our home, we've got every fascination. So full of age, playing king stuff of our own design. This is my family, a perfect consolation. So many girls who always want to pout and whine. Whoa. But let's be clear, cause Sophie runs this show. Whoa. She killed us with her kindness years ago. Whoa. She works too hard, won't let a project go. But she's still the little girl you know so. Welcome to the family of baby girls. <laughs> the home of the family of baby girls. We're on our way. Where all the people are fantastical and magical. I'm part of the family of baby girls. My best friend Pudding, she's good at writing. Stubborn Australian, but her little side is cute. My best friend Chloe, who, who certainly, certainly isn't pudding. pudding. She's my little sister and co-host of her show to boot. Oh. And then there's Kimmy. Here's her deal. Whoa. The truth is she can know just how you feel. Whoa. But we still prefer to make her beg and kneel. If you're unsure, then you should hear her squeal. (coughs) Welcome to the family of baby gals. The home of the family of baby gals. I know it sounds a bit fantastical and magical, but I'm part of the family of baby gals. Two girls fell in love with the family of baby gals. Now they're part of the family of baby gals. So yeah, Lucy dated Chloe and then Teal she got to know me and that's how we got the mommies, baby gals. We swear to always help those around us and raise the community that somehow found us. The podcast thriving, the writings flowing. But each new dedication will keep the community growing, and each one of our creations will keep the community growing. Woo! <laughs> I was in that song. Yes, you were. Thank you. I was in that participating. Song. But 
You t- talked about your mommies, but you didn't mention my daddy. Oh, that's true. Yes. We also didn't mention Mark. Okay, listen, guys, This I, I know there's, like, a whole other part of the song I could have done, but I don't have enough people to fill in all, like, the blanks with. You know how many grandkids are in this thing? I can't just do this. But listen, well, this no, is... sing a line about my daddy now. Um, do it okay. now. All right. No, don't um, look at the screen. You don't have one on there. I, I need to get the, 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 the sort the, the, of... The, the, the tempo. Tom, the tempo, yeah, okay. Um, Make it about fucking. And, <laughs> and, and then there's... And Kimmy's dad. And then there's Kimmy's dad. <laughs> She's good at fucking. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're just calling it there. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Daddy's going to be so happy. Okay. 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 Can you do like the opening of the oh, podcast? Yes, please, now? God. Okay. Um, welcome to the usual vet. <laughs> Where we just parody songs, I guess, now. That's the new thing. No, it's an 18 and up age play discussion podcast. Baby gals. (laughs) (laughs) No, you need to take this seriously. Um... What do we do here? Oh, every week we make about the losers and diapers for the next episode. Chloe's and diapers. It's, it's me. I'm I, the, I lost. I'm the big sister encounter extraordinaire, Sophie E. Elizabeth. I'm the baby sister, and I want to say I love the gators, and I love the little kings, and I love these diapers. They're so good. And I'm Kimmy, and I'm not in this episode. I mean, you, you were just in this no, episode. No, I'm not in it. No, that's because... No, you told me I'm not in this Because episode. we have a special guest. Yeah, right. we, have to, we have to bring our guest. But in. I'm not in this episode. I, because we the really guest. appreciate how sweet and kind you are of allowing us to... You've never met me. <laughs> Go away, Kimmy. <laughs> Love, Love you, Love you. All right, so this week we have uh, someone special on the episode with us. Surprise uh, guest speaker. Surprise guest speaker. Not that much of a surprise because we announced it last episode. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if people are going to be surprised <laughs> that I'm here since, like, it'll probably say on the thing that I'll be here. But we, so. we didn't, oh yeah, well, I mean, we'll probably it's have it in the episode description. description. But yeah. like, this is for the surprise for the people who didn't listen last time and don't read the description. Or people who can't read. Most, of our, read, most right. of our listener base. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so we have with us Sleeping Girl. Woo! Woo. Hi! Uh, and she is um, someone that I found on the internet, like many of my friends. Oh, um, where did you find her, Sophie? On, on Twitter, because uh, she made a hypnosis video game. Oh, why would, why yeah. would you be interested in that, Sophie? <laughs> You know, I just I just like to dabble. That's it. Oh, I, academic pursuits. Academic <laughs> pursuits. Yes, I'm here for academic purposes. Um, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. the game was fantastic. We're definitely going to talk about it. But I, I immediately after playing was like, okay, I got to message this girl. I got to see like what's going on and if we can like uh, get get an interview because. Wow. <laughs> um, That's like the best praise. It's so good. <laughs> your, your game was fantastic. I've since listened to, you have your own podcast. Um, yeah. Two Hip Chicks, correct? Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. that's such a good name. It's oh hip, my like, gosh. Yeah. Like H-Y-P. Yeah, really like, hip now. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, it was, I've listened to two episodes. One was on like misconceptions and I really enjoyed that episode. Um, yeah. But anyway, I, I consider you uh, probably the closest I have in my uh, my my friend group as a, a professional uh, hypnosis Ooh. person within the the sort of kinks sphere. Professional, I yeah. know you should put it on your resume. <laughs> um, but I I wanted to invite you on to talk more about hypnosis um, because you uh, you know better than me and I, I think that's so cool I love the idea of learning more and I like the idea of informing our audience more. Um, also, hypnosis is rad. Yeah. 
It totally is. That's if that's the takeaway. Like that's the main takeaway is that hypnosis rules, dude. It's <laughs> like it does. Um, I know a few episodes ago, and by a few I mean like a lot of episodes ago, I did my own episode on like what hypnosis can do. I'm and pretty what... sure that was three episodes ago. You cannot convince me otherwise. It was a lot longer. We than just that. recorded it. No, we sure did. <laughs> um. <laughs> But I uh, recorded that episode with Chloe, and I am, I would consider myself mostly knowledgeable from a professional, like, therapeutic standpoint, because this is um, how I learned it. I learned it through Mm -hmm. uh, school. I learned it. uh, I'm not a hypnotherapist, but I I learned about that aspect, that side of things, and not really the kink side, other than through uh, smutty stories, which I have both read (laughs) and written. (laughs) What was that therapy technique? What was it called? EMDR. EMDR. Oh, yeah. oh EMDR. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. You, you talked about EMDR a bunch on the, the other episode. Yep. And I know a lot about hypnosis from that professional perspective mm-hmm. or from theoretical perspective, but I've ex- I have so little practice in it. I've been hypnotized. Mm-hmm. Yes. I've never hypnotized someone else and mm-hmm. I've only been hypnotized like a handful of times. So having, um, having sleeping girl on the show is really cool from, to me from like, uh, like a, a practical perspective mm-hmm. and an academic yeah. perspective. Also, um, if there's any contradictions between this episode and our previous episode where I talk about hypnosis, please defer to sleeping girl. <laughs> Do not listen to me. <laughs> oh God. Okay. So, Sleeping girl, do you want to introduce yourself to the to the fans? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um. So, hi. My name is Sleeping Girl. Um, hi, Sleeping my- Girl. <laughs> <laughs> well, my pronouns are there. She either is fine. Um, I've been doing hypnosis for about twelve years now. Like wow. since I turned eighteen. Um, That's incredible. I got. I got right into it because like it was a it was a big it was a huge fetish for me throughout like childhood and growing up so as soon as I was like able to be in spaces that I could practice and learn about it in an erotic way I went for it like as soon as possible that's um, radical that's amazing yeah um and so and I you know I, I sort of entered the larger kink community in 2012 or so mm-hmm. um and and it got involved in bdsm in that way and in the irl hypnosis events that were happening at that time um i'm a switch uh and i do a lot like i'm very active in the community as well like i do a lot of teaching um and i also do a lot of writing i've written two books at this point about Ooh. erotic hypnosis um the uh, if I'll I'll do the the plug thing where it's like the the first one is the brainwashing book which describes um, you know a lot about operant classical conditioning and how that relates to hypnosis kink um, both in terms of like short term like how does conditioning affect hypnosis like how do those things relate to each other as well as like long term behavior modification stuff um, and the second book with which just came out like a month ago I think is uh, called Kinky NLP, which is a look at neuro-linguistic programming um, and how that can be used for erotic hypnosis. Um, And it's, if you've never heard of NLP, that's okay. The book goes into it. It's, you know, it's one of those really kind of thorny topics that is very hard to get into because the literature about it is very obtuse. Um, And the, the motivation for me writing it was that I wanted to change that and give people an opportunity to actually get interested in NLP from a source that was hopefully readable. <laughs> um, 
Okay. So yeah, Chloe's over here flabbergasted because yeah. she she can't like parse ninety percent nope, of your words, I can't. and I'm over here in like all like oh my gosh, there's a book that'll tell me about this in a realistic way. I'm gonna put that on my shelf at work. So I'm over here thinking. Wow, Sophie was not kidding about the whole professional thing. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, God. I'm out of my depth. I am, I am, I am a, no, a no, toddler no. sitting on the floor. <laughs> I mean, you might be that, but <laughs> I am okay. That's incredible. Yeah, no, and I mean, like, I, I very recently, like, even tongue in cheek, began to accept the word professional just because when COVID hit, I had to quit my job as a waitress and Uh move into doing like uh like making educational kink content full-time um so radical so i sort of that is kind of my job now (laughs) so it's like okay fine that's amazing Mm -hmm, yeah mm -hmm. so where can people find your books and by um, people, so, I mean me. How, how can I purchase <laughs> well, how can these Sophie, books? These are yeah. important. Can Sophie have a link right now? <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, every I have links to everything on my card website. So it's just Sleeping Girl, which has one G, dot card, which has two R's, dot co. Um, and I'll send you links uh, yes. for that. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll but put it on our Twitter. In, uh, and we'll yeah. put it in the, um, the description. So, oh, yeah, that's yeah. Great. If you guys can't parse uh, what was just said, uh, just go to the description of this episode. It'll be in there. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, and, and so that has links to the two books, which are both on Amazon as well as my independent site if you don't want to support Amazon. Um, and also uh, our podcast and the game and all the other crap that I'm involved with. <laughs> so, on your books, will reading one of the books first help with the other book, or is it kind of just like a, a jump into the pool on either one? I would say they they complement each other, but they're okay. definitely not necessary to, like, one is not necessary to read the other. The brainwashing book came first, um, and they're both, like, more of, like, 102 level material rather mm-hmm. than, like, 101 level material, so... Having a little bit of background knowledge is helpful um, before jumping into them. Yeah. Thankfully, we have you for that now. So (laughs) get some 101 knowledge. This is the 101, then you read the books, and then bam, it's solved, right? The secret secret is that I, I, like, don't get into 101 material because it's way harder to teach, in my opinion. That's fair. (laughs) Especially with the the different misconceptions. We can hit it today. Yeah. All right. um, So I want to ask how... Did you figure out that you were into this? How, like, wh- what, what sort of prompted all the? Yeah, was that like a, a domino that fell over? Like- oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, so a lot of people who, like, I think there's there's a lot of people who identify who have some sort of like fetish, mm-hmm. um, and the commonality between people who have fetishes is that like at some early age they interacted with some media or something happened in their life that sort of sparked an interest or it turned them on and they didn't know how, like what that feeling was and that, that kind Rugrats of thing. That episode where Angelica <laughs> wanted to be a baby. <laughs> right. Like everybody has, like people have these moments and for me I have the most stereotypical um, hypno fetish moment which was uh, Disney's Jungle Book which is I knew it. I knew it. It's oh so my embarrassing. Gosh, I knew it. It's so embarrassing. Like, I barely talk about it. Like, um, I was but, just but thinking yeah. it. But, yeah, I mean, like, that's... And, and if you, if you like, polled the entire community somehow, like, a good, like, 30% of people would cite that. Like, I, in other I'd raise Disney that number movies. up, even. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, like, it's crazy. Like, mm-hmm. and, um, 
and and so it was and and that was like I was really young at that point and but I was but I knew what I was feeling mm-hmm. at that time was like different I was very embarrassed about what I was feeling um and like once it took me a really long time to figure out that I was actually have like the, the feelings that I had were sexual feelings yeah. like I remember because because constantly growing up through childhood there's always like mind control and hypnosis episodes of cartoons Mm -hmm. so every time one of those came on I would like hide or run away like or I would like I would like tape it on VHS and then like hide in my room and watch it later (laughs) and like get off about it um and so like it wasn't until I was like you know learning about sex in school that people were describing like oh this is what sex is and this is what masturbation is and i was like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) so yeah okay yeah that 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 makes sense i i think most like kink players like have a similar experience of oh no what am i feeling it's like an adolescent Mm -hmm. and like oh always the hypnosis episode of like the good guy becoming the bad guy was always Uh like that was like those episodes corruption (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Next question. Oh, um, okay. So, uh, you discovered, um, this interest of yours. You got into the community when you, uh, turned 18 and, like, yep. got into it a lot more when you got a little older. Um, mm-hmm. now that you are experienced with a, a good amount of experience, what are your favorite parts? What makes hypnosis such an enjoyable kink for you? Mm-hmm. What's juicy about it? Yep. Oh, my God. It's, I, I think it's like, I mean, it's it's really just an amazing feeling, and like obviously, there's a lot of like fetish fulfillment kind of things where like even just getting like getting the object of your fetish at the at the moment is like in and of itself a really big reward. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, it ties into a lot of like I have a lot of like shame about it, which is like for me a very sexy thing. Um, well, so fair. I enjoy sure. so I enjoy that aspect of it. But in terms of like hypnosis itself. Um, you know, the, th- the attraction that I have to it has a lot to do with control. Um, and, you know, I'm sure we're going to get into a discussion about like, what, how does hypnosis and mind control, how do they relate to each other? Um, <laughs> I- I'm looking at the list right now. I'm, I'm looking yeah. at those exact words. <laughs> for better, for better or for worse. Um, but I would say like hypnosis is the closest you can get to mind control and you can get really close to it you know depending on how you view what mind control is Mm -hmm. um and and so i you know i really get a lot of sexual feelings from just the feeling of trance itself um and the the association that i have with when i'm being hypnotized and being controlled um and there's also you know um like more specifically I get a lot out of this idea of um like my mind being taken away or Mm -hmm. blinked out or wiped out in some way or my identity being removed all of this really it's kind of weird stuff that that I that I can never understand why I fetishize but that just is what it is um I think we both relate (laughs) okay listen maybe this is just because I'm like uh a master's graduate i'm like 30 years old now i am like i'm a pretty bright on on the on oh what's the phrase on the ball yeah on the ball i'm on the (laughs) ball with like what's going on i'm i'm here i'm informed and uh Part of me just really wishes I wasn't. <laughs> just yeah. delete I all just that. Wish, I just sure. kind of, like, I mean, I wouldn't want to give up who 
who I am because I really like who I am. But at the same time, man, I wish I was dumb. <laughs> like, I just wish, oh, I like, mean, someone else made my decisions and, like, told oh, me what yeah. was true and I never had to think. Well, uh, bimbification is, like, one of my sweet spots, too. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I love intelligence. We both love intelligence play. For sure. Oh, yeah. Definitely a big aspect of age play that we have um, mm-hmm. gravitated toward in the recent uh, probably few years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think it's like once once you you start getting older and you realize the way things work and you feel sort of helpless in the world, it's like, uh, oh, I don't really want to think about that. So I'd rather sure. just not think. Yeah. Yep. Head empty. It's great. I mean, and I know a lot of people who are really into the sort of like escapism aspects of hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a super valid way of doing it. Like I know for myself at times, I'm like, I just am not feeling it today but but for the most part like I always am like oh but but it's not like that for me it's not about escapism it's just I I just want to be gone because it's hot like (laughs) you know (laughs) wow (laughs) (laughs) it's really interesting because um I with clients and stuff we talk a lot about um attention and mindfulness Mm -hmm. and stuff and that always like a little bit hits me as like this is like slight self-hypnosis right here like (laughs) oh totally absolutely and it helps with like decreasing anxiety not worrying so much about the past or the future focusing on your moment and and redirecting your attention i think that's really cool (laughs) yeah well and, and i think that there's like there's a lot of hypnosis techniques that obviously like hypnosis the body of hypnosis knowledge takes from therapy because like that's one of the primary places that we get information about it oh for sure um yeah and and so like you know especially like nlp nlp was like a model that they tried to create and sell for therapy based on influential therapists at the time um so like digging into like understanding uh, you know i learned a lot about gestalt therapy writing the book um, oh, yeah. and, and it, like that same idea of like mindfulness attention stuff is really, um, helpful in certain types of hypnosis because hypnosis is, is about, um, redirecting or controlling attention in one way or another, you know, so. Chloe's over here fanning herself. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. This is a, this is a, an audio medium. You don't have to share the visual. I absolutely you do. do. It's a podcast. You always have to narrate what's happening. We should have a narrator <laughs> explaining yeah. what it is we're doing in the background. And then Chloe was fanning herself. <laughs> um, All right. I want to, I want to ask basic questions. Yeah. Okay. I actually, before we move on to, like, actual discussion, I, I, I want to know, um, we, we've learned a lot about your thoughts and, and stuff on your personal experiences with hypnosis, but I also want, like, an example. What is oh, that's one idea. of your favorite stories uh, with hypnotism, like, your personal experiences? Like, a, a real good, like, oh. scene or, like, like yeah. a component of a scene or something like that? Something that's just, like, you'll, you'll always be, like, that moment, so good. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll give two short ones. Okay. Um, because right. I think they both, like, I'll give one that's, like, not necessarily a favorite, but one that happened recently mm-hmm. um, that I think is just a good, like, very simple um, so I was on a date with my partner, Mr. Dream, um, and we are very lucky. We once a month or so we go to a hotel and we play and snuggle. So, Aww. um, 
And so we were doing a scene where he told me to, um, he, he brought out like my bimbo persona. Um, and, and she is kind of like, not quite dominant, but sexually aggressive and uh, very dumb. And so, um, you know, and he had me put on my blonde wig that I got over the pandemic and we hadn't gotten a chance to play with yet. So I was fully in bimbo space. I was blonde. I had done my lipstick and all that stuff. And um, we were playing around and I got on my knees and I was giving him a blowjob and, um, you know, getting really into it and feeling really stupid and blah, blah, blah. And as I'm doing it, he says, pause. And my whole body and mind just stopped. Um, not to say that this was like an existing trigger, but just that, you know, we have a level, you know, I have a level of responsiveness mm -hmm. and understanding of how hypnosis works that for, for me, it just immediate, was just very immediate. And so I sat there as he took a step back and you know my lips are still in the o shape and my hand is still up near my mouth and my other hand is like over here or whatever and he he steps back and he gets his phone out and he starts taking pictures and i have a sort of half awareness of it there's nothing i can do about it you know and at the same time like i'm a bimbo and so i'm like wow this is really hot he's taking pictures <laughs> of me why am i not sucking cock right now um <laughs> And, and so, like, I would say, like, that's, you know, that's just a very, like, straightforward, like, here's a way that you can use hypnosis for sex. Um, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. That's there's so actually, cool. The, I have a, I have a, um, I, the, not, not the, I uh, clipped to the video a little bit, uh, mm -hmm. but it's on my Twitter because it was, like, too good not to share. But, um, so. I have seen this picture. <laughs> I did I mean, not really? understand the context until now. <laughs> <laughs> it's better with context. Um, it sure and, is. And then, so like a contrasting moment was a few years ago um, when he and I were playing. Uh, and, and this moment shows a little bit more of the kind of control that you can have with hypnosis, especially over someone's processes and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, we were doing a very intense scene where I, I just was, was getting really fucked up. And I was saying, you know, I just want more of this. I want to, you know, I want to be less of a person. I want to have less agency i want to have less control mm -hmm. and he hypnotized me and did a very long sort of process with me that took away my ability to come out of trance on my own which is something that you don't really hear about a lot in terms of hypnosis um because it requires like a high level of trust mm -hmm. and capability between two people um but the feeling in, at that moment of really losing control over my impulse to even do something like, for example, you know, at the moment I felt like even if something was wrong, I would still be in trance. Like maybe I would be functional, maybe I would be moving around and taking care of things, but I would still be, uh, you know, have the quality of trance over my entire experience at that point. Um, and it's really powerful. And so like there's there's a whole range of things that you can do. And my interest, obviously, like I lean really heavily into power exchange and control. Um, mm -hmm. So sure. so I I super kink on that kind of stuff. Um, <laughs> but you, the, but there's a lot. There's a lot that you can do. So those are my two. Those are my two stories. Wow. wow. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, definitely need to get more into this. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. <laughs> Um, 
you bring up an interesting point about like not being able to come out of um, mm-hmm. like your trance sort of space that you're in. And I, I did want to touch, like we talked about earlier, yes. on the topic of like hypnosis versus mind control. Um, yeah. And uh, kind of what the limitations of hypnosis are. I think uh, my experiences with it are very. Uh, specific and yeah yeah, i don't i don't think i'm i have a very broad um range of what this can do and uh when i talked about it before i think i definitely erred on the side of caution Mm -hmm. um with the like yeah that probably isn't possible because i right putting people at ease and stuff like that but i also want to have the discussion of like um what what is the difference between hypnosis and mind control? Where are the limitations? Where are the limitations? Like, well, yeah. can the, can't it actually do, like, let's pull the curtain back, all that stuff? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's a really complicated conversation because, mm-hmm. like, when you try to compare a real thing with a with a fantasy thing, yeah. we don't have, like, a definition for what mind control is. It's I think subjective. Yeah, it's super subjective. So it's it's challenging because, like, from my perspective, I would say that a lot of stuff that I engage in could be called mind control on, mm-hmm. in one way or another because of the the way that I play with, you know, either I play with my partner's perception of reality or a partner plays with my perception of reality. Um, but, like, for the most part, it, hypnosis is not a thing that can influence you in a way that you would, like really be influenced outside of hypnosis um Mm -hmm. like trance itself um people talk about hypnosis as though it's a kind of like box that you're either inside or outside of like you're in trance or you're outside of trance um but my experience largely is that hypnosis is much better described as like understanding the full uh conscious and unconscious experience that somebody has so Mm -hmm. um the model that i've been working off of is this idea of if you change someone's perception or if you change someone's process somehow, um, their capabilities change. Um, so for example, like if you are, um, trying to work out a math problem or something, and then you, you think about it in a different way, or you think about like, how would my friend approach this math problem or Mm -hmm. whatever your capabilities of, of solving it change. And that's essentially, uh, how I would say that like, we we look at hypnosis so if you tell someone to relax their legs for example like say you're doing a very standard kind of induction where you're asking someone to relax their legs the moment that they feel their legs relaxing there's a change in their perception of their body because on some level they're experiencing something that's a little bit different from their norm and that experience of like oh something is a little bit different here it opens their mind up to the possibilities that more things could happen, that they could take mm-hmm. more suggestions or be more suggestible in some way. Um, it's which like it, when, when someone yeah. tells you, like, don't think of an elephant, and then you think of an elephant, but you do it right. backwards. You're like, hey, think of an elephant. And you can't help but think of an elephant. Sure, like, You can't yeah. stop yourself. And then suddenly, like, is that mind control? Technically, exactly. they made you think about something. <laughs> exactly. Right. Exactly. So, you know, and the obvious example is, like, are you going to meet someone on the street 
and he's gonna wave his fingers and tell you to like rob the bank. No, like, that's just, <laughs> if it if it seems like it's not real, it's probably not real, you know. But I know that that gets complicated because then I'm here talking about like, oh, I got my agency removed. It was really sexy, like. Um, <laughs> but you but, also but, went into the situation wanting that mm-hmm. out of the situation. Yeah. So and 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 that does that does matter to a degree, of course. You know, like I, I think it's it's less about like, do you want that, and more about like, are you motivated to do that? Like that's a really big factor is is motivation or openness to um, to do something, especially in the context of kink. Um, you know that being said, like uh, we we I, I like to leave openness to this idea that like when we broaden our definition of trance, we do this with the understanding that like when you're having a conversation with someone, and your mind changes about, you know, your opinion changes about a topic that you were talking with them about. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, somebody says like, ooh, I'm cold, and then you get the urge to shut the window for them. Like these are, and, and, and the don't think of pink elephant kind of thing. Like these are all things that can alter your perception or change your behavior without you necessarily being motivated to do so. Huh. Um, but those limitate, like, you know, there's limitations to that. and especially when you're engaging in kink, um, like, are there risks and dangers and people who are assholes? Yes. Um, And it's, you know, being able to keep yourself safe is about learning how to, uh, you know, give people trust when they've earned your trust and uh, getting to know people and all of this kinds of, like, very like foundational like how do you vet a person and how do you trust a person enough to play with them in any context um so yeah that was very rambly but i think i, no. I hit some points about safety there we're talking about mind control i don't know <laughs> no you did fantastic <laughs> yay uh you mentioned like limitations on uh things based on trust and i i do think that this is really interesting because um your point of like not wanting to like you're not gonna rob a bank because someone tells you to rob a bank mm-hmm. because you don't want to do that but then um i think that and i i i don't know the answer to this which is why i'm bringing it up um there's people uh, you mentioned in your your talk just now about how you should learn to trust the right people, be mm-hmm. trust people who have earned it, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of the mistakes in any dom sub relationship is people trusting people they probably shouldn't for the sake yeah, of the experience sure. or because yeah. their personal like uh, in moment like immediate gratification kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I also there's this thing, this an aspect of people who can like manipulation is a is a thing mm-hmm. that everyone does in like on a daily mm-hmm. basis but then this right. can be really harmful this can be really abusive you get in situations where people are manipulated into thinking they want things they don't want um right. which again comes back to the trust thing and i think that this is a huge huge massive peril in any dom sub relationship where mm-hmm. some any power exchange mm-hmm. any any situation where someone is giving power to another person you run into this peril and obviously hypnosis would fall into the same peril of like yeah. people can manipulate you that way but i'm curious i'm sort of under the immediate impression even though psychologically i feel like this isn't the case i'm under this immediate imp- impression that the hypnosis is more powerful than a 
basic subspace or in our case like a little space mm-hmm. like and I, I I think that's probably more media telling me that than than my knowledge of what hypnosis is um so I was curious like what does does trance offer you more power quote unquote over other people than any other sort of submissive space mm-hmm. It's an interesting question because, um, you know, from my perspective, I largely would not distinguish between like a hypnotic trance kind of thing. And that's in that's in quotes versus like, quote unquote, subspace or rope space or any of these kinds of things like we don't want to make a big label that says, like, this is what hypnosis is versus these other things, because all of those spaces create very similar kinds of like uh, feelings and perceptions that can be used in different ways. And so like me as a hypnosis top, nowadays, you know, if I'm if I'm topping my partner Cece, say we're doing a rope scene or something, she feels absolutely no difference between like going into rope space or going into uh, hypnosis. Um, and, and that's the um, like, that's the experience that I've had and my partners have had when they're really when they get to know what hypnosis feels like more they're like oh that's subspace oh that's you know all of these things and they contextualize it based on um it's it's based more on context than it is on like the actual quote-unquote qualities of the space because all of these things are not like super distinct in scientific states Mm-hmm. so to speak they're they're based on like what our experience is and how we learn about how it feels so we create these little like signals in our own heads where we're like oh i'm feeling kind of floaty i think i'm in subspace and it's like okay you made that up but that's not a bad thing it, you that that matters because it's your perception of what's happening and mm-hmm. something is happening in your head uh like you know there there is a distinct change in your physiology and in your mental processes and that's useful you know um, but, but it's all very interconnected. So, so the question being like, does hypnosis offer you more power? I would say it has much less to do with the state itself and more to do with the techniques around it. So mm. like a, a hypnotist, like a skilled hypnotist would be familiar with knowing how to, um, play with someone's focus or play with the way that someone perceives things, um, you know, in a way that offers someone more power than, say a novice who had just like flogged someone into subspace like they don't have the same skill set to be able to you know effectively change the way that someone thinks or behaves as much more finesse that yeah, is so I would wildly so. fascinating it's great <laughs> and i mean like it has to do a lot with you know there's some amount of like linguistics play like that's mm-hmm. why people get into nlp is they think that nlp is going to give them the magic words of how to do things um, you know, and, and it's more complicated than that, obviously. Like, there's a lot that goes into language and language plus psychology and mm-hmm, all of mm-hmm. this kind of stuff. Um, you know, but, but there, there are, like, the, you know, lots of ideas that we have in hypnosis that are really specifically narrowed into, like, okay, how do I change the way that someone is experiencing this thing so that it's more in line with this or so that they direct their attention over here or something like that. And thus like they can experience hallucinations or, you know, suggested hallucinations or they can experience, you know, the different kinds of feelings or 
what have you. So it's really uh, interesting because I, when I was playing your game, which is more of a trance thing, um, yeah, I, I felt very little space. Like it, it felt mm-hmm. like because that's kind of where my that's where your head goes. That where that's yeah. where I go, and I actually got to the point of like getting closer to the end where it uses a lot of keywords that are big to me, like helpless and stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I, I, I almost like had this expectation of it making like a you're a little girl kind of vibe, yeah. even though mm-hmm. I knew that that wasn't what was going to happen because like this wasn't a, a little game. But, yeah, but your head expects but that's, it. that's where my, my brain goes. But yeah, it, right. felt, it felt very similar. That's so yeah, cool. And, and it makes a lot of sense because like if that's like that's the you have this muscle memory for getting into that place. So mm-hmm. all of these things that are that are like, OK, we're the, the game is very, um, you know, it, it is not to completely spoil it. And I won't. But it, it's it's a it's got a hypnosis script in it, you know. Yeah. And I think one of the one of the things that I feel really proud about about it is that it's a very ambiguous script. Um, and, and people are going to interpret it the way that they interpret it. And it doesn't, you know, it, it does things and stuff happens, but it depends more on the player and how they interpret it, what their experience is going to be. So it t- makes total sense that you got into that kind of little space kind of so thing. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, another thing, and I'm, I'm keep bouncing back to your story because sure. it's very fascinating to me. Yeah. But the idea of taking away your kind of autonomy to come out of trance is very like consensual, non-consent stuff. Mm-hmm. And actually, before before I oh, even yeah. go any further on this topic, I do want to say to the listeners who are listening, I do want to ask some questions about this. If this is something that makes you very uncomfortable, like like consensual, non-consent, which is the idea of doing a what is ostensibly a non-consensual role play. Mm-hmm. Um, if this is something that really squicks you out, please, like, skip ahead. I, I don't really know what time till, but just jump ahead, like, five minutes or something, because I, I just, I have a question that I want to ask. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and I, I think that actually, based on our, what we just talked about and how it feels very similar to... Um, subspace and little space and how that can also all of them could be abused by the wrong person and with the wrong uh sort of trust in your people but um how does i guess how how do you ensure safety in a scene that is and i ask because this is an interest of mine i love the idea of being forced to do things that is very sexy to me yeah um how do you um, ensure safety in a scene like that where where you're giving someone the power to literally take away your autonomy your, your autonomy or your ability to say no like so I think there's I think I want to make a quick distinction between like different kinds of CNC there's like mm-hmm. so there's like there's CNC role play scenes where uh-huh. you know for a given amount of time the the parties agree that uh, this is the scene we're gonna do usually there's a safe word and um, and, and the safe word ultimately is the way to get out of the situation. Yes. Um, for me, I do more play that is CNC based relationships. Um, so, uh, you know, it's not, it doesn't have a time bounded and we also don't use safe words. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah. um, and, um, that's really interesting because I honestly think that when you're deep in, 
um, subspace or really deep in little space with the yeah. right person, it actually feels very similar where like, yeah, even if you real. might want to it's say no, real. you kind of don't, you can't, mm-hmm. like it's not a thing. So I guess I want to ask, how do you ensure that situations like that are safe? So there's a lot of different uh, ways to approach this. Um, and I will say like, even the simple acknowledgement of understanding like these, these kinds of role play, even if you're just doing role play scenarios, that can start to feel really real for people and really affect their behavior. Like mm-hmm. even in within the philosophy that we're talking about of like, if you change your perception, you change your capabilities. Like if your perception is changed from role play, which it often is, your capabilities have to fit within that, you know, belief system, you know. I, you know, I am role-playing a situation where I feel like I don't have agency, I don't have control, I don't have a safe word. The risk is that, you know, sometimes these things do feel really real. Um, and if that's something that's uh, something you need to think about with your partner, um, I would say, you know, check-ins are usually a good thing. Um, really, the, so, like, the, the idea would be that, like, you want to make sure the person continually has the capability to be able to say for it if they need to. So giving them a way to practice that muscle memory ever so often. Some people use the color system. I don't do that, but you can very easily just have someone, you know, say their safe word and get used to saying their safe word over a period of time so that it becomes Mm -hmm. more easily available to them or more automatic. That's a really Um, good point. Yeah. And I do. And and this is good, like advice for most kink scenes, I would say, you know, like making sure that these, you know, having a safe word is one thing, but making sure your partner is able to use it. Um, And especially like when it comes to trance, a lot of people go nonverbal. So working with your partner to make sure that either there's a nonverbal signal or that they develop the ability to speak during trance which I think is very useful outside of a safety context, having someone who um, learns how to be more functional inside of trance, like quote unquote functional inside of trance, um, can lead to a lot of really great kinds of play, um, as well as understanding that you have a, a line of communication with them. Um, and there, there's a lot of, there's some um, ideas that people have where you can install like quote unquote an automatic safe word in someone so uh but i would recommend against that like the concept of like oh you know you suggest to someone like when you feel like this is too much your brain will automatically make you safe word out i feel like that is kind of a misunderstanding the way that hypnosis works (laughs) and the power that it has over people like brains aren't computers so Mm -hmm. someone is not going to necessarily be able to do that in an intense situation um, and same goes for, um, you know, any kind of similar trigger of like, you know, if something goes wrong, you're going to pop out of trance. Well, don't rely on that, you know, like, right. you know, so I, I would say it's much more about building those good habits in somebody, you know, working mm-hmm. with your partner to make sure that they have those available to them and um, check-ins as well as going slow too obviously like this is not you know cnc is never something you want to jump into immediately although everybody does want to jump into it immediately <laughs> um but but yeah sort of getting used to smaller scenes uh shorter scenes at first um and and taking your time with it are my you know big uh tips there 
Thank I you. I actually yeah. love what you said about practicing safe words because I have safe mm-hmm. words with people that I've literally never used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I feel like if I was ever in a position where I might have to, I'm not sure I would because I just simply right. don't have the, it's not a habit, like you said. That's Right. It's exactly. so interesting. Yeah. Like learning the habit of safe wording just casually over like th- things could, could really help you just get in the, the yeah. habit of, of doing it and mm-hmm. that's gosh it's such a good idea really insightful thank you for that i'm so that. glad yay good um that's great you also mentioned um like a check-in like kind of like if you're in in the scene you don't think that safe words are like a really super feasible thing um and you are in a good cons- like a safe like trusting partnership what does a check-in look like how would you check in with someone without like causing trouble I guess, or like so I would, what's going on. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, if you want, you can sort of, like, take a pause in the scene and, you know, talk to someone. Um, there's different ideas of whether or not you want to, like, quote-unquote, like, wake somebody up in the middle and, like, just my, my perspective on that is, like, different people have different comfort levels with, like, speaking in trance and, you know, how they process during trance and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, I don't tend to do a lot of check-ins myself just because, uh, my, the partnerships that I have are really, really long-term and don't involve a lot of, like, asking if things are okay just because of the nature of the, the CNC relationship. Yeah, I understand Um, but, but in general, like, this is the kind of thing where, you know, you could set up the, the safe word color system. A lot of people have the, like, red, yellow, green thing where red means it needs to stop and green could mean like I'm good or we need to keep going um so you could ask very simply in the middle of the scene for color um it is uh, as a quick aside I will say that one key thing about safe words that a lot of people miss is that a safe word should have a a concrete meaning as well as a concrete action involved with it I think a lot of people fall into this category where yellow just means like slow down and that's way too ambiguous for my tastes you know like I want it to mean like um we need to talk about this for a moment or something like Mm -hmm. that oh Um, interesting so just so there's no ambiguity of what's supposed to happen when the safe word is said um so you know you could you could have a a signal like that where uh you set up some sort of like key question of like you know, you could make it sexy, like, how's my slut or whatever. <laughs> and then the person, and then the person is like, good, or, or they're like, oh no. And that means good or something. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've had a, I, I've played with one person who they're, they, they were the top and their comfort level was that I had to have a way to say that everything was okay to make them feel comfortable. And mm-hmm. so what we set up was, um, a very small nonverbal signal where I just tapped my middle finger to my thumb very quickly. And that to me was not really obtrusive and it was a way for them to check in and me to answer in a subtle way that didn't break the scene. Um, I love that. Yeah. I love that. I, yeah, I also love what you said about, um, tying more than just meaning to something about an action like yes. even sometimes like saying red in a scene even with people you really care about can be really hard yes. but like if maybe instead of red instead of meaning stop it meant like can i have a hug kind of thing yeah. that sure be really yeah. nice like just 
turning it into to something else other than, hey, I'm ruining your fun. Yeah, be, right. it can be more nuanced. And I think that's really cool. I love the yeah. finesse there. That's really cool. I'm glad. I'm so glad. Yeah. Okay. I, I think that's my, my kind of CNC question. <laughs> cool. I think I think it's as been as answered as answered can be. Like, Yay. thank you. I think it's really cool to know um, kind of ways to have these scenes in a safe way and like a really serious power play situation, mm-hmm. but also the um, context that we have from earlier that hypnosis isn't any more powerful than other right. like relationships like that, just a little bit more nuanced. Yeah. Um, okay. So... Uh, yeah, if you're if you're like skipping forward and waiting for Sophie to say like, oh hey, we're good, just you can come back. Okay, you can come, you can come back. Y- like, you're allowed. You're allowed back. We're, we're good. <laughs> you can come back in the room. Okay. Grown ups are done talking. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I think we have covered a majority of the questions we prepared. That's true. Um, so I, in the interest of of bridging all the hypno stuff to our to our age play podcast yeah i think i think we should we should ask some age play based questions let's go yes. um before we even like start prompting because i think that that changes people's answers yes like, oh, it's ba- we're, we, ba- we don't want to mind control her let's talk about this um i just want to know from a non-abdl perspective or like someone who who you like experimented with this but not a community person. It wasn't um, the genesis of like like your yeah. your interest in the camp. Yeah, uh, as someone who is more outside the community, how do you incorporate things like age play into or, or hypnosis into like age play stuff or hi- age play into hypnosis stuff? Or like, what's a way that there those two things kind of bond well? Yeah. So for me, actually, I don't. This is not like a. If there's people in the hypnosis community who are listening to this, like they may not be familiar that I actually have a really big interest in age play. Um, mm-hmm. I do, like, like just personally, um, you know, I do less of the DL stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Have done it, have enjoyed it, but it's more of like if my partner's into it, I'll be into it kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I kink on humiliation, so you know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what a mood. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but I like. A, how to bridge the gap, like regression is really important, especially when you get into reading about um, therapeutic hypnosis literature. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, as a weird little aside, I was trying like maybe a year or two ago, I was like, I need to make more age play friends. I don't know anybody at the age play. (laughs) And I made a little Twitter account and I was like going through age play Twitter and I saw that people were getting really mad about um, people using the term regression. Uh, I saw like an opinion that was like, you can't use the word regression because it refers to a specific therapeutic thing. And I'm like, well, I did see that. That that's was like a big thing a few years ago. That's wild to me. Like that's I, just I the agree. term for it. But okay, so I yeah I have no I have no idea. But um but regression in hypnosis is like huge. Like I read a lot of Milton Erickson or well, I I like a lot of Milton Erickson's work. Um, mm-hmm. who is a like very famous hypnotherapist who sort of like from the mid uh, last century was very influential in, in creating the more modern ways of how hypnosis is done. Mm. Um, lots of stuff about indirect suggestion and, uh, you know, less of the authoritarian or authoritative kinds mm-hmm. of language and stuff. Um, and I, I've, I've been reading Hypnotic Realities, which is his, uh, I would like most well-known book 
um, and uh, like 50% of the trances in that have regression in them. Um, wow. It's, it's very hot, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and like, so Erickson and I think people who are comfortable with it acknowledge that regression is a thing that happens to us all the time. Like if you mm -hmm. sit there and you think about your childhood, you are going to regress in some way. Like that is just a thing that your brain does because it's going back to the past and yes. trying to figure out like what it felt like back then. Um, and, and so again, you change your perception and your capabilities change. So in this case, when you regress, your capabilities become that of how you would imagine yourself as a child or that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so in hypnosis, it's really useful. Um, and, and some people aren't comfortable, like they, some people get squicked out with the idea that like, oh, when I'm hypnotizing someone, they might be regressing in some way. Um, but for me, it's about like understanding the full experience that someone is having. And so if I start talking to my partner about like something that they felt, uh, you know, as like one of their sparking interests in hypnosis, for example, um, you know, I know that they're going to go back and experience that, that fetish spark, like very intensely in the same mm -hmm. way that they're imagining, you know, how they felt back then. Um, and for me, that's like that exact example is like a big reason of why I like to play with age play stuff and regression and hypnosis is because I remember how it felt when I was like younger and I was trying to figure out like what is this fetish thing I'm feeling what is this what are these strange things that are happening inside my head and body like what do I do um mm -hmm. and and I want to explore that more and I want to play with that so you know personally I've done some I I have some interests that like sort of go beyond the scope of this podcast to some degree yeah. um but also like just very general things of like being regressed and then hypnotized in that moment of being in that state of where I'm, everything is very raw and intense and first timey kind of play. Um, and also like, if you think about the whole idea of like what regression is and uh, how you're basically sort of limiting someone's capabilities in one way and expanding their capabilities in another. So, you know, someone's intelligence is limited when they're in more of like a young mindset or, or mm -hmm, of some mm -hmm, way. Absolutely. Like Erickson's, um, one of the most famous of Erickson's transcript or uh, hypnotic sessions was he talks to a woman and he's telling her like, you know, you remember what it was like when you were first trying to learn the alphabet and you remember sort of staring at the page and there's, you know, the letters, they don't mean anything to you, blah, blah, blah. And what he's trying to do in a therapeutic sense is get her to realize like, oh, you know, maybe I don't have to know a bunch of things or do a bunch of things in order to make this therapy happen and this change work happen. I can be in a state where I don't have to know anything and my brain is going to do what it's going to do. It's going to learn the right things and we're going to get to the right place to solve my problems. In a kink perspective, <laughs> getting someone yeah. to a place... Like, oh, I don't know my yeah. alphabet. <laughs> right, exactly. Like getting someone to a place where they don't know the alphabet is like, oh, well, that's pretty humiliating. And also that ties into like bimbification and intelligence mm -hmm. play and uh -huh, all this uh -huh. stuff. It's definitely my strike zone. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure. 
I like what you're saying, and it really ties back into what you were talking about at the beginning of like, um, just it's switching perspectives. Like you are yes, reducing your capabilities on one side and increasing another. Instead of like saying, "How does my friend solve this math problem?" It's like, "How does my five year old self solve this math problem?" Right. Yeah. And I also totally they don't. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, I totally understand, and uh, really, like, I never really thought about it before, but um, I had an episode a few weeks ago where I was just really kind of um, upset with how oversaturated my life is with age play. Mm. And it's it's to the point where, like, I feel like I'm just, it just, it doesn't work anymore because, like, I mm. I, I see other people enjoying it, and I'm like man, I don't, like, get that intense anymore. But, like, at the same time, in little space, I, I kind of do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, like, when I'm when I'm an adult, when I'm going about my daily life, when I'm when I'm doing my, my everyday activities, and I get into a situation where I get to witness someone else being little, I I almost, like, don't really respond. Or, or even if, like, someone suggests being little to me, I don't really respond that well, because it's, like, it's so oversaturated. It's something I've dealt with for what 10 years of my life now Mm -hmm. yeah and it's 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 whatever but then when i i actually get into little space when i feel little that's not there that's i feel like it's like really not maybe the first time but it hasn't like it it, there's no oversaturation perspective because i am i am back at that like you said yeah the first time you felt like you liked hypnosis or the first time like it it really kind of draws your mind back to that thing and that doesn't make you that person it's just shifting your perspective to something away from the way that you see it now to the way that you used to see it then right and there's and i think there's a lot of variance and distinctions between like you know regressing someone to think about who they were when they were like four or five or whatever versus Mm -hmm. like getting into little space which i think can be different for some people because they're not necessarily their child self they might be like a different child self you know that's a really they might be like a different little self um so it's different kinds of capabilities that people have based on as you're exactly saying the context and the feelings that they have about it um for sure yeah yeah because i guess like if you think about it all age play or like regression stuff isn't regression because you're not regressing to a previous self you're regression to an idealized previous self mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so it I mean, can be does, yeah, is that the sure. same thing like that's that's not you're not i mean you're regressing in some ways but not regressing in all ways and mm-hmm. like yeah that's man this is just it's really kind of just making making this concept a lot more broad in ways that i didn't <laughs> yeah. consider before so yeah yeah and it's fabulous and i mean like there's there's so many things that you can do with it when you acknowledge like that this is happening like even if somebody is you know we would call it regression even if like uh like an adult was regressing to an adult um you know and like maybe someone lost their virginity at 18 and they want to go back to those kinds of feelings like that's the kind of thing like taking someone back in time to some degree and like you're saying like there's a difference there's a difference between like nobody is ever going to literally become their past self you know it's always filtered through their memories and perceptions and all of this stuff um but there's there's so much there's a lot of variation in the way that people can respond in terms of like you know uh how they even if they are sort of like watching themselves have it happen i'm not sure if either of you have the 
have an experience of like being in little space, but sort of like being on the outskirts of yourself, watching yourself, you know, act in a different way or something. Yeah, I've had that experience. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And and, and and so there's just so many ways that people can have these different kinds of experiences and 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 all of that variation is like different ingredients that you can play with in terms of hypnosis depending on what angle you want to go and you know what you want to do with it and stuff that's incredible yay (laughs) yeah there's just a lot there and i like what you said as well about um how you don't regress to this past version of yourself because it's always filtered through a little bit who you are like um, yes and this back in the day actually it's it's when you were talking about when people were really anti the word regression and that's Mm. a therapy thing and blah 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 and it's like this non-sexual non-kink regression which totally exists and is valid and i understand that but at the same time if you regress to being a five-year-old and you act like your five-year-old self and you're that person and then you go out and you do five-year-old things and you you're, you're still responsible for your actions. Mm-hmm. Right. You're, mm-hmm. you're like, you're, even if you say, well, I was regressed. So I am, um, like I was like at this version of me and I couldn't take care of this or do this or whatever. Like that, that's still not okay. Like you still have to be responsible for your actions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's because even in regression, even if you are really, really regressed at the same time, you still do have that slight, filter even a little bit there's always that tiny filter and that filter needs to be the part of you that says no you can't go and uh run up on santa's lap at the (laughs) mall without like 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 you you can't you can't just be that you can't be you back then like and there's because you're not yeah and i want to like and it's it's there's a there's a way to reconcile this idea that like you're regressed and you aren't responsible for your actions. Like that, I think that's a fantasy for a lot of people is, you know, to some degree I'm not responsible anymore because I don't have the mental capacity to be responsible. Mm -hmm. There is a way to reconcile that with still, you know, acting in a responsible way. And a lot of that comes back to giving people the muscle memory to be able to take care of themselves in a way that feels unconscious, you know, in a way that feels like they're not controlling the action of taking care of themselves, you know, and a lot of those things exist already. Like I would be very surprised if you regress somebody and then you went on a walk with them in a city and they ran into traffic. Like I would just be very surprised um, because that's such an ingrained kind of um, muscle memory for them not to run into traffic. Um, Mm -hmm. And, But at the same time, there is a lot that you can do where you can get people into places where they really feel like they don't have control over their actions. And and some of that comes from, you know, the more if you work with a partner um, and you do a lot of work around, um, you know, reducing or blurring agency lines, you know, the kinds of things, the the edgy kinds of things that I'm into um, and uh and you do a lot of work involving like really making their actions feel less conscious and stuff like that there is a risk you know there is risks associated with that so so even still making sure that you're doing it in a responsible place you know you're not doing it maybe in a city or whatever um or like i don't know um 
around your parents. I don't know. Maybe don't do that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So so there's a lot to consider, and it's it's there's almost never a clear like you know this is always going to be safe and this is always going to have risks. It's always blurred. It's there's always a sense of like. Well, you know, in some cases, the human mind might respond weirdly and it might respond in a way that, you know, is not ideal or whatever. So, you know, being cautious of your environment and the people and and around you and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Okay, so the people who have listened to this episode are probably like, they're like, wow, this is, this is, you've been talking about this for a long time. (laughs) Um, And I actually, I want to ask uh, a question um, that I think will be sort of a reward for the people who made it this far. Oh, good. Um, But I'm curious, this is a absolutely, I'm I'm asking this personally, but also I'm sure other people want to hear. What, what's, what do you do to hypnotize someone? Like, very simply, like, if you could just give some examples of the kinds of things that you might think about or suggest or, like, how you how you go about setting someone up to, to go into a trance or something. Not to say somebody should listen to this and then immediately try it without, no. like, doing further research. Right. right. But I just, I mean, I am pretty... Uh, I would say I'm I'm knowledgeable, and I still you if I had to degree. hypnotize someone, I, I kind of don't know how I would even begin do it. And you know so, what's really what what, what got yeah. me on this question is I was listening to your podcast, and at the end of every one of your episodes, you hypnotize your partner. Yeah, and really, yep. I need to um, listen to this podcast. Yes, you should. I absolutely <laughs> recommend it. Thank um, you. But um, at the end, you did this hypnosis thing, and you have a little walkthrough at the end about how it felt and stuff, and it was very effective, but it didn't sound super, like, what you'd expect hypnosis to sound like. It was just you kind of talking, and I I wonder, like, how would someone like me go about hypnotizing someone like what's what's my steps there it's a podcast you can't see the 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 watch swing oh yeah the the side watch right (laughs) how foolish of me Cece and I Cece and I have a joke where every time we we do the trance like I I actually like as a hypnotist I tend to do a lot of nonverbal stuff including like Mm -hmm. touch and like body stuff and uh and I always like when I go to hypnotize around the podcast I always have to like narrate my body motions so that the people listening like but anyways um so, A, my style uh, is, is much more what we would call conversational hypnosis. Um, and it does kind of just sound like I'm talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and that comes from a lot of reading, like, uh, Erickson and about NLP kinds of stuff. Um, that being said, I, I think a lot of things that we've actually discussed already serve as kind of a baseline of knowing how to do hypnosis. Um, there's kind of, like, two... The thing about hypnosis is that it's a weird kink in that you need to be able to describe what hypnosis is before you learn how to do it. And no other kink is really like that. Like my friend, my, my friend and partner Gleeful Abandoned says, you know, you don't have to tell somebody what a piece of rope is before you start doing rope with them. Um, mm-hmm. And so it can be really challenging. But when you work in this model of like, beginning to understand that when you change someone's perception, you change the way that they can think about things, that they can behave about things, their abilities and so forth. Um, working off of that, start. I would say like for someone starting out, just start noticing your own perception shifts. 
Um, like if you're, even if you're having a conversation with somebody or you're playing a video game or you're reading a book or you're having sex, like any of these number of things are places where you change your perception and thus your, your bodily experience changes and your mental experience changes. So getting mm -hmm. used to your own changes can lead you to sort of like understand when you're talking to somebody or when you're having sex with somebody, how your partner's, um, mind is going to change. And I would say there's, you know, starting off just with that little basis, learning obviously about like, you know, how to properly talk to somebody about this kinds of things. This is hypnosis is a kink like all other sexual activities. If you need to negotiate with somebody in a certain way, that's something that should be done beforehand. Um, and you know, my, my, the way that I think about hypnosis is when I'm sitting down with someone to do a scene, I try to think about like, okay, where are they at right now? And how can I sort of move their attention in a way that is fun and erotic and sexy? Even if I'm just talking someone through a fantasy, the job, you know, the thing that I'm doing is I'm trying to get their starting point and then I will talk to them a little bit about where they currently are at. You know, I'll describe their experience to them. And this is an NLP technique called pacing and leading, where you are just sort of like describing, you know, oh, I see, you know, you're, you're sitting comfortably and I know that you're focused on me. And, you know, I can see that you're mm. maybe even adjusting a little bit in your chair kind of dealio. Um, and, and just sort of, you know, describing their current experience to them so that we sort of get on the same level and they know that I'm describing their experience or that they know that I'm understanding their experience. Um, and then from there, once I've like fed them some truths, I will start to put in some suggestions. Um, so I would maybe talk about like, you know, you can feel your tension start to wander to XYZ topic. Like if we were doing a scene about I don't know, bimbification. I like bimbification a lot. <laughs> and you can, you can feel your attention wander to maybe a part of their body. Maybe there's a part of their body that I think they might associate with being a bimbo. Uh, mm -hmm. Two guesses to what that is. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, but so, so I'm making these connections. I'm like, okay, so what kinds of things are they going to associate with this sexy thing that I want to do or that we want to do? Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll direct their attention to those things. And along the way, you know, we'll talk about like how their per perception is changing. And I, I really want to make someone notice their own internal experience. I think being able to focus on your own internal experience is really important to um, feeling trance for a subject in a way that mm -hmm. is concrete and, and can actually make them feel like, oh shit, I'm hypnotized, stuff's gonna happen. Um, and, you know, and, and so like getting someone into a place, you know, Erickson talks a lot about, um, making sure that somebody feels like they don't have to do or know anything, like going back to the, his, his idea of regression of, of taking away someone's capabilities so that they have more capabilities to do other things. The same idea of making sure my partner knows, like, you, you don't have to do anything here. This is all, you know, your, your brain is going to do what it's going to do. And you are along for the ride to some degree. And in kink, we see that as a very power exchange kind of thing. Usually. Yes. Mm. Um, so 
my my style at this point, like like I said, I've been doing hypnosis for a pretty long time, um, and it, it it's I play a lot on whim, and just our you know my desires in the moment or my partner's desires in the moment, and I have a lot of comfort in being able to um, direct a person's focus or switch gears really quickly um, and in a way that's smooth, and a lot of that just comes from a lot of practice of talking. Um, and, you know, and, and hypnotizing people. And so, you know, a beginner hypnotist or someone who's starting out might want to have an idea in mind of what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And so, so before they start the scene, they can think about like, okay, I want to think about my partner's starting point, And then what are the steps that we're going to take to get to this, you know, this ending point. Um, and thinking about ways that they can do that. You know, you can go the route of like, I'm going to induce a trance and that trance is going to make it happen that we can do these fun things in the middle of it. Um, which is if you, if you read 99% of hypnosis, no, 99%, 90% of hypnosis <laughs> literature, that's the model that you're going to get is that people are saying, okay. you know, getting, getting someone into a workable space and then doing work with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's a perfectly fine place to start as long as you kind of acknowledge like there is more out there that you can do. Um, so in terms of structuring the scene, you have your idea of what you want to do. You have some thoughts of how to direct someone's attention, both to their, their body, to the environment around them, to their mind and using those directed attentions to be able to like change their experience in some way. Um, and, and that's kind of just being very open and curious and playing along with your partner because your partner is going to respond in certain ways that you have to be aware of and be conscious of. So even if somebody has a little bit of a gasp when you say a really hot word or, you know, they shift a little bit, making mm-hmm. sure that you are responsive to your partner you're feeding it back to them. You're saying like, "Ooh, I noticed that you found that really hot," or "Ooh, I noticed that you, you know, you're shifting a little bit and getting a little more comfortable," um, mm-hmm. or incorporating it into the trance, like you know, telling someone like, um, you know, and the you know the way that you're getting more comfortable in your chair is going to allow you to go deeper into trance or whatever, or something like that. And all of this is to say that hypnosis is simple but very complicated like it's a very simple yeah. concept this idea of, of changing someone's perspective um but there's a lot of background that goes into it and it really is unlimited uh knowledge of all of these techniques of how to get there like you can i've been i've been digging into um hypnosis texts for an insanely long time <laughs> and doing it and i'm constantly learning you know so excuse me um, but yeah, so that's like my, I don't know how many minutes it's been, little spiel of like <laughs> how hypnosis might be done from my perspective. I can recommend some books. That's what I've that, got for you. <laughs> that was incredible. I, I feel like I was just at like, like a convention panel yeah. and I've been like, I've, I've been like, like, like listening for the last hour and I've learned so much and like I'm blown away another thing that I would suggest for people who are listening to this and you can't quite conceptualize it or like you're not quite understanding one at the end of every one of her podcast episodes on the hip chicks she does a hypnosis thing it's it's exactly what she's describing now which is 
bringing people into the moment and then kind of leading them through things, which mm-hmm. kind of gives this illusion that you're controlling their thoughts because you're, right. it's like the, the elephant mm-hmm. thing. And um, the other thing is, if you don't want to listen to a podcast, which I mean, you're listening to this podcast, so I, mean, <laughs> no. like, I feel like you should listen to podcasts. Um, but uh, her game is so, it, like now that you mention all this stuff, I see it all in the game. Like, yeah. It, it, you, you lead my actions with click on this. You lead my yeah. thoughts with, like, um, think like you're thinking about this. Uh, you even play with the concept of, like, you want to be hypnotized. Like, right. like you're, you, you are, you're, you're coming at me from where I'm at. You're meeting mm-hmm. me yes. where I'm at. Yes. And then yes, moving yes. me from there. And yes. I, um, yeah, I would actually say that if you really want to learn a lot more on this, play the game and listen to those examples on our yeah. show. Yeah. That's great. Feel, Thank you. I feel so so learned. <laughs> it actually really surprised me um, listening to the show, um, listening to her podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, how yeah. just easy it sounded and felt, and I'm just like, and the word the thing is, I'm I'm a super susceptible person, so I'm sitting here listening to it, and I'm like, I kind of see why this would work. Like I kind of feel this kind yeah. of like leading perspective mm-hmm. from from yeah. her words, and like I. It just surprised me how casual and easy it was. I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm surprised by how much sense all this makes. <laughs> I'm so glad. I'm so glad. <sighs> I I think that might be episode. Except we don't have a bat. What are you talking about? We don't have a we bat. We don't have a bat. We have a bat every episode, Chloe. Oh. We have to have a bat, Chloe. I don't. I don't know. Chloe, we have to have a bat. What am I? What? 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 All right. I have an idea. <laughs> what? I have an idea. Okay. I think we each pick a ABDL community sort of hypnotrope that we both like. Okay, oh. and pick like the the Okay. Yeah. And I want to and granted the question I'm about to ask is irrelevant to the one you pick. It's the one that you kind of want to be want to happen, the one that you want to see if it like it's possible. And then we're going to have sleeping girl Tell us which one is more realistic, or if they're not more <laughs> realistic, which one would be easier to do? Okay. I see. Okay. <laughs> so we, we we come up with a concept in our head, and then we pitch it, and whichever one is the most realistic wins. Yeah. Quote unquote realistic. Yeah. Most okay. easily accomplishable. Yeah. This is a lot there of power. Go. This is a lot of power. <laughs> <laughs> You decide our fate. So I'm pretty sure I'm gonna lose because I do have a fantasy that I it's it's pretty you don't out know. there. Oh, you're you don't know. definitely anything, gonna lose because I'm, I'm, I'm my part is like on the floor. I'm just gonna be like, can can you do this really simple thing? And she's like, yeah. I mean, okay, then I'm like, gonna go course. first. You, so you can like flash out your idea. Okay, please. Do, you can't. Please yeah, do. you can't. Don't don't try to like power game this. Like, no, I'm be, not. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so this is a fantasy I have. Um of and I don't know why this is such an elaborate fantasy. Oh, I've never elaborate. discussed it oh, before. No. It's really, really elaborate. Okay. But it is a common fantasy I have where I am some sort of university professor or something, right? Okay. Listen, just hear me out. Okay. Stop looking at me like that. I'm not looking at uh, anything. <laughs> um, I'm a university professor or something, and I'm in, basically have this per- other person who is my competitor in some means right mm-hmm. this is i'm really kind of pulling off the school bully trope okay you know? i understand and your and, rival and yeah and baby fiction um but uh i have a rival i have this really great presentation coming up where i'm gonna pitch this really cool thing that i've been working on whatever mm-hmm. 
they also have a thing that they've been working on and they want to pitch that. But I won the time slot or something like that and I get to do mine and they don't get to do theirs. Sure. And I have a fancy, and I granted I don't know how, either through maybe like um, some some means of hypnosis. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm really embarrassed. I'm like blushing. Um, <laughs> through some means of hypnosis, um, while I am on stage giving my presentation, they give me some kind of command or something happens, or maybe even um, on my PowerPoint. You is, say is something. the trigger. Mm-hmm. I yeah, maybe I trigger myself to make it even worse. But something occurs where in front of everybody, I wet myself. Okay, so to to clarify to 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 uh, make it simpler, uh, you you're asking how easy it is to make someone in a situation in which they they or even just in a role play. Um, they in which they wouldn't want to wet themselves, wet themselves on b- because of a trigger. Sure, but there's a little more. There's more. Just a little more. Okay. Um, the scene goes on to basically this activity, this one thing that has happened to me that has shocked me. Um, and again, this uh, there's there's a, a level of non-consent here that I think makes this kind of a little impossible. But I, I think that at the same like this is this is my fantasy. Just let me have this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, then after doing this activity, it kind of almost drops me into like a trance state or okay. like a little space or something. And now I'm suddenly like I don't know what's going on. I don't. I'm. I feel really like helpless in the situation. I don't know what to do. Then the other person comes up on stage. And it's like, oh, look, look, look what happened. And then they pitch their product. And it's like this thing that would just like hypnotize me and make me do this thing. And I was like a demonstration. And I think that's really hot. But um, <laughs> anyway, uh, then like the, the scene would continue with them like showing off how they can, all the different ways they can hypnotize me by making me do things on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone would then, I would lose all my credibility and everyone would buy their thing and they would get the get big grants and tenure or whatever. Anyway, my point is, yes, it is the idea of basically having some sort of initial command that would make me wet myself and that action would kind of drop me into a trance state. That is okay. my that is okay. my my thing, my thing. Okay. Do you want me okay. to pitch mine or do you want to yeah, see no, how no, no. plausible that is now? No, no, no I need to see yours, yours first because yeah, you pitch yours. yeah. Because that's cheap. Mine's much less complicated, but I did flush it out, so it's okay. I, I've 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 uh, broadened my scope okay. here. Okay. Yes. So we have a playpen. Yes. I really like this playpen. Yes. I enjoy spending time in this playpen. Uh huh. Biggest problem with spending time in this playpen is I know I can always just step over the sides. Huh. Okay. I'm curious how difficult it would be to make it so that that thought never even occurs to me. The thought that I could just step over the sides, even if I really, really want to, that I, I, I don't even consider it. If you're in this playpen, you literally can't get out until someone else yes. comes and gets you. And I mean, granted, if there was like a fire, you probably would, self-preservation yeah, would ensure your escape. I'm, but like, I'm saying in a safe a safe space within the context of a consensual scene um, in, a, in a house I'm comfortable in, how, how plausible is this? And maybe even going further, how plausible that I won't even stand up in this playpen. Like, just crawl around um, and and be be baby, baby, baby. Okay, so... so okay. When, when put in a playpen, you can't... 
there's no exit without an adult's assistance. It, it doesn't have to. I, I'm, I'm. It could just be this one single playpen, or it could be any playpen. I guess. I guess. Okay. Uh, whichever you think is more in line with yours, like in terms of scope. I don't think we've ever put you in a separate playpen, so I think it's probably fine. Okay. <laughs> anyway, sleeping girl. Okay. You've heard our our stories. I have. <laughs> okay. So so, I just want to say. So, A, for the scenario of, like, the the complicated, like, professor political (laughs) dynamics, like, we have to let go of that for this. Oh, yeah, that's, it's the, it's the the setting, the the, atmosphere. It's just that. That was my, that's my personal fantasy. Okay. But, yes, the 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 action, actionable part is the question. Okay. So, A, both of these are totally plausible. Um, oh yes. now I'm really fanning myself. <laughs> like very like very, very plausible. Like I've done um I've had a scene where a partner told me to pee and I did. So wow. uh, so that's super in and and let me tell you that like when someone has that level of control over you, like I dare you not to drop into trance and like, <laughs> like come on. <laughs> But but absolutely. So the second can, half of yours is inevitable. Yeah, okay. you can right, and you can like, and obviously like you can do stuff to make that much more like you know uh, concrete and and segmented and stuff. In terms of like not feeling the urge to stand up or, or exit like a playpen, mm-hmm. also really easy. Like, <laughs> however, you might lose on a technicality. Um, what? Because, so, the way that I would do this scene is if I was putting someone in a playpen and making it so that they wouldn't exit or that they were just crawling around, Mm -hmm. um, it would not be that they would never think about leaving because I feel like that's a pretty unrealistic thing to expect from somebody because, Uh like, that's that's a really obvious, like your adult brain is like, oh, yeah. I that's could just a thing. go over there. I could just go over there. So I'm not going to go against that impulse. I'm going to work okay. with that impulse. I'm going to have the person feel that impulse and then either feel a different impulse to sort of, like, coax it away. You know, mm-hmm. for example, like, you know, oh, I could leave right now, but actually my thoughts are just baby babble and it feels really good, Ooh. so I'm going to get distracted by that. You know, I love that. Something like that. Um, so, or, you know, or, or any number of other kinds of ways that we would, like, utilize that, that impulse to leave and mm-hmm. turn it into something hot and, like, useful for the scene. Um, so, unfortunately... Yeah, and and I but like I said, like, both of these are super doable in, like, different circumstances, mm-hmm. for sure. And I wouldn't even necessarily say one is easier than the other. Like, that just has a lot to do with, like, you know, who you're working with and what's the context. So, but, yep. So that's my, that's my deal. All right. I accept defeat knowing that I have won by, by your, what you said being even better than what I said. And now I have a new (laughs) fantasy. (laughs) That's really interesting. I guess I never really thought about it like that, but Mm -hmm. you don't want to try to change the way someone thinks thinks exactly you want to redirect it yeah Yeah. and if possible it any so erickson who i who is really influential to me erickson is Mm -hmm. all about this idea of utilization and his his concept of it is like a really broad scope kind of thing but technique wise like one of the things that you can do is if you know your partner has a natural impulse to think about something in a certain way or to do something 
taking mm -hmm. that and figuring out like, okay, how can I make this work for me? You know? So yes. absolutely. All right. Oh you my win. gosh. Yes. Wow. Okay. I really didn't think I'd win that. <laughs> 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 ah, okay. Okay. <laughs> we have to we have to wrap it up yeah um thank you so 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 much for being on the show with thank us. you this has been incredible it's been amazing um i i just i've learned so much oh my I'm, so I'm much more confident i'm definitely gonna have to get your books um especially the latter i am i'm very interested in this kind of yeah. uh, sort of the way I, i'm i'm such a okay the reason why your game worked really well for me is the way that people talk and the mm -hmm. like stuff like that is really powerful to me yeah so um, I, I'm really into the, the <laughs> idea of the way to use words to, to sort of manipulate this sort of trance and make it happen. And, I'm oh, so glad. Really thank you. And thank you so much for having me. I had a ton of fun and it's like, I love interacting with like, I don't know. I don't have enough age play friends. I think I said that already. <laughs> you can have our well, entire, yes. our entire listener base. Yay. You now have us. And, uh, if you ever want to, uh, do any sort of age play related hypnosis stuff and needs some some uh, yeah. perspective I'm here for you I, I, um, I was waiting for you to say willing subjects so like, no I mean like assistant uh -huh, like, assistant yeah. uh -huh. not test subject no like like if you wanted to make content for for that kind of thing and needed uh, any advice I, I got you I got okay. you back okay shut up Chloe god damn <laughs> okay <laughs> Anyway, um, it was fantastic having you. It was Honestly, wonderful. definitely one of our most uh, professional interviews we've ever had. I think it's the, the most professional. Like, I, I don't think I've ever learned so much on this show. Usually, the show makes me feel like I'm dumber by the end of it. I'm so used to having to like talk smart and stuff. Like, I'm gonna tell my, I'm gonna get off this podcast. I'm gonna be like. Guys, I was so smart, sad face. Like, I know I want to be dumb now. Like, <laughs> no, I had a wonderful time. You guys were super, super lovely, and it was a great conversation. Thank uh, you so much. Yeah. Um, if you want to check out any more stuff by uh, Sleeping Girl, all of her content is in the description for this episode. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com slash sophieandpudding. Where else? Uh, subscribe to adult slash sophieandpudding. Do you have a Patreon you want to plug? Sure. Um, right now, my Patreon is patreon.com slash twohipchicks, T-W-O-H-Y-P chicks. Um, oh, yeah. And I write uh, hypnosis articles. I also do audio versions of them for people who don't like to read or for people who process audio, like sound better. Um, there's lots of recorded content in terms of like trances between me and my partner. All the <laughs> grab bag of stuff. Radical. Uh, if you guys want to check out this game that literally like this whole episode is because I played this game. <laughs> it was so good. Uh, if you want to check that out, that's on her Twitter. That's also in the description. Um, I, I wholly recommend it. It is free and you can donate depending on like how much you think that you got out of it because I got a lot out of it. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so you can check that out and, um, 
yeah is that are we good is that i everything? think that's it all right if you have any questions for us or if you want uh us to pass along any messages to sleeping girl feel free to do that at the usual mailbox at gmail.com thank you mimi for uploading theme song thank you juice for a wonderful cover art thank you kimmy for not interfering with an interview because it's it's hard to do multiple people at she, once three she, people is already so difficult <laughs> she is currently imprisoned in her room her and Mark, and they're both, they've been texting the group chat endlessly saying, free us, free us, free us. Oh my because god. Because as, as our listeners know, who have gotten to this point, this is a longer episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so um, thank you, both of them. Yeah, and that's it. Have a have a wonderful, wonderful hip, hypno day. <laughs> <laughs> that's my sign Have a wonderful hypno day. Shut that's up, that's, all, that's the best I have. <laughs> Do you have something better? No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.